You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1,394. Go attend, go network in person. You can use technology, Facebook, even call people, but go in person because there's a difference when you talk to people in, in person. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, the number one podcast when it comes to wholesaling real estate. I'm your host, Brent Daniels, and I was thinking about this today. This is really interesting. I remember... It's January of 2016. I'm looking on my phone for a podcast that would talk about or teach me about or give me some instructions about wholesaling real estate. I didn't have anything. And the first one that popped up was this one that was orange and it said Wholesaling Inc. So I clicked on it and I started listening. And it had this incredible guy on there. His name was Tom Kroll. And he instantly like pulled me in. I think I'd listened to two podcasts before actually joining the Rhino tribe. And the reason I did it wasn't what you think it is. It wasn't because I needed to necessarily know how to wholesale. It's because I wanted to be around people that were doing a lot more than me. Of course, I loved all the instruction and I wanted to build my business, but I wanted to be a part of something special. And I think being a part of the Rhino tribe, it has been the one of the most impactful things in my life. And because of that, I get the opportunity now, the fortune to have real life interviews with people around the country. These aren't people that are posturing. These aren't people that are trying to to sell you something. These are people that are out there every single day taking action based on the training, based on their purpose in life, based on their passion in real estate. And they go out and they have a real testimonial to speak of, a real story to speak of, and it's absolutely beautiful. Not only that, I want you guys to know that we we make sure that everybody on here that is speaking to you sends us an actual settlement statement to prove that this is real. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. This isn't some infomercial. This isn't some crazy thing that you see online. This is the real nitty gritty, the real true raw truth. Just like Tom Kroll said in those early podcasts, we are getting to the meat and potatoes of this business by giving you the instructions. So make sure you get a paper, make sure you get a pen, make sure you stop what you're doing because I've got an incredible story coming out of New Jersey, actually living in Pittsburgh, but we're doing work in New Jersey. You're living in New Jersey. No, I'm living in New Jersey. Oh, living in yep. New Jersey. Okay, yep, sorry. Yep, living actually, in New- from Pittsburgh. From, from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, living in New Jersey yep. is going to tell us his incredible story. Tell us about a fantastic deal so that you can pull all the golden nuggets out of it. Without further ado, I want to introduce Lenny Poliziani to the podcast. Did I do that all right? Did I get the last name? Yeah, right? you did. Okay, yeah. Lenny, welcome. All right. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Brent, what's up? Well, I'm excited, man. I'm excited because you're coming on the podcast. You're coming in with a really, really, really interesting deal that you put together. Really, really, there's a lot to learn from this. Before we get into that, why don't you tell us about yourself? Give us your background and how you got into wholesaling real estate. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I went to college at West Virginia University. Had no idea what I wanted to do after college. 
ended up getting into medical device sales, spent a little bit of time in uh, Southern California, did some training out there for my company. They said, you look for me like uh, you do well on the East Coast. They put me in New Jersey, bounced around a little bit from there and ended up landing for the last two years a um, territory manager position in Manhattan in the Bronx. So that's what I currently do. But I've always been a type to, I started my own landscaping business in high school, but I always was looking for something else, the entrepreneur route to be my own boss. You know, I'm always the type looking. So real estate, we have no background. Nobody in my family's in real estate. I uh, heard some things here and there and decided to jump in. And that's kind of where we are right now. So I do uh, wholesaling currently in North Jersey. Got it. And this is part-time. <clears throat> this is part-time. Yep. Wholesaling is part-time. part-time. So what does your full-time yeah. schedule look like? Because a lot of people listening, a lot of people yeah. watching this have full-time jobs. They have this passion for real estate, but they're not exactly sure how to balance it. So how do you balance it? Tell us your schedule. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, especially with my job, it's kind of all over the place. With medical device sales, you're in the operating room. So the schedule is not a nine to five, eight to four kind of job. You're cold calling on offices. You get to uh, create your own schedule in a way. But sometimes that's tough, especially with trying to get a nice schedule down with doing real estate or wholesaling. So what I try to do, the good thing is surgery usually starts at like 7, 7.30 in the morning. So I start early. So I finish my day if I can at an earlier hour, unless I'm stuck in, in a procedure. But if I can get out at a decent hour, then I'll try to put in about two hours of cold calling after work. On the way home, though, I drive for dollars. You know, ever since joining your program, and I was kind of, this is exactly why I got into it. I realized with my type of schedule, being proactive was the only way it was going to work. And we'll get into how I started with um, wholesaling and different routes I went. But yeah, so I'll drive for dollars if I can. I'm on my way home, write a a couple of addresses down, get home, uh, get on the mojo dialer. And then from after that, depending on what time it is, I'll try to call real estate agents, go section8.com to find landlords. LinkedIn, you name it, and try to get a couple names here and there. Another thing I try to do, which is huge, and the reason why this deal happened is that I try to attend one real estate um, investors meeting a week. And there's a ton up here in Jersey and also attend one uh, county sheriff sale week. And there's about four counties right now in North Jersey that I'm focusing on. You know, that has been huge to try to make that a consistent action to take. So when you're talking about going on LinkedIn and these other websites, you're looking for cash buyers to add to your database. Is that right? When you're going to these meetup groups? I've been doing wholesaling for less than a year. So I'm new. You can always build your cash buyers database. So I try to not only call, you know, motivated sellers, but build that at the same time. Especially with this deal, it wouldn't have happened, obviously, without a buyer. So that is very important. I think a lot of people skip over you know, depending on where they are in the United States, but cash buyers are cute. I think it's almost more intimidating to cold call up or reach out to a potential investor, potential cash buyer than it is a distressed property owner for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You think that they know more than you. They, they're going to tell you that your deals aren't deals. They're going to tell you that you're new or they're going to be degrading to you in some way. But it very often, it doesn't actually turn out that way. I think if you go with a really good confident. We talk about likability and certainty on this podcast all the time. Whether you're talking to a seller or you're talking to a buyer, if you have that certainty and likability, people will communicate with you. And you can get that certainty by listening to this podcast. You can get this certainty by seeing other people do it. You can get this certainty by trying it out over and over and over again and just getting into a rhythm where you're always constantly communicating, always talking to people. When you call these cash buyers up, what does that conversation look like? 
quick, Lenny? I keep it very simple. And obviously, you know, I listen to all the podcasts by you guys, you know, and I, maybe I have an advantage because I'm in medical device sales. But at first I was making it real complicated. But now when I call a cash buyer, I'm just like, Hey, I know this is out of the blue. I kind of keep it the same as when I'm talking to a seller. Yeah. But so my name is Lenny. I'm a local investor. I'm in the North Jersey, New Jersey area. Um, I come across discounted properties all the time. Are you currently looking for any more properties to add to your portfolio or depending on what kind of cash buyer I'm talking to? Most of the time they're going to say, yeah. I said, all right, great. You know, I'll add you to my database. What's the best way to get in contact with you? But I keep it very simple, almost like right to the T of the script. Because when I realized when I tried to explain myself in the past, it might have sounded sketchy or they're like, okay, what do you really do? So I keep it real, exactly what I do. And they're like, of course, who doesn't want to be sent a discounted property? So depending if you're talking to a landlord or a uh, fix and flipper, you can critique it how you want. But keep it simple. Keep it under a minute. And, you know, either they're going to say yes or no. And if they say no, you know, you can ask why. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. It's, it's honestly a simple conversation. The more you have, the more smooth you are with it. Obviously, one thing I like to do is read people. So depending on how they answer the phone, you can kind of tell what type of person they are. Mm -hmm. So that kind of customizes how I approach my conversation with them. But, yeah, it's very straightforward. I keep it short. Yeah, I love them. There's so much in there that I kind of want to pick apart real quick. The biggest question I think that people might be asking is, how do you know to determine if this is somebody that's looking for a rental or looking for a flip? So it depends on, with me, the sites I use. Like I said, GoSection8.com. I mean, you obviously know that these are landlords. And that is the easiest site. I mean, their phone number is right off to it's the right. right on the site. It's right on the yeah. site. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they answer all the time. But if you're on, uh, you know, and, and it's same with Craigslist, but if you're on LinkedIn, you can usually see the title of person you're calling. So that's kind of how I separate it. Love it. So, that, so that's just depending on which it. sites, doing a little bit of digging, yeah. seeing if they're on LinkedIn saying that they do fix and flip, or if they say that they're an investor, mm -hmm. you might have to kind of play it and see which one is which. The other thing that you mentioned is as soon as they answer the phone, you're starting to already in your brain, you're starting to dissect what kind of personality they are. Because if you look at it and listen, guys, don't put anybody in a box. There's four main types, right? If somebody's going to be short and quick on the phone, or they're just really quiet, it's either going to be like a driver that just wants you to get to the point or an analytical type of engineer mind that's like, why is this person calling me? How'd they get my number? What do they want from me? That type of thing. If they're expressive like me, they're like, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know that you're dealing with an expressive. And if they're soft and gentle and they're, hey, how are you, sweetheart? This type of thing. Then they're typically an amiable personality. Yeah. And you need to be able to be versatile with anybody. I don't care if it's a cash buyer or this works the exact same for a seller, for a distressed property owner. But you're listening for these cues and the more and more and more that you do it, the more the better that you're going to be at your radar to understand how to communicate effectively. That's what Lenny's talking about. And I love it. No, a lot of people don't bring that up, Lenny. And I think that that's probably based on your sales background, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's one thing. I'll give my dad some credit on here. He's given me the the gift of gab and trying to and talking to people. You know, I would say, you know, I get nervous, but talking to people, I know that's what needs to be done to have success in in almost everything you do. So the more you end up talking to people, the more you get comfortable with it, the more you pick up on signs. And I think that so far in my career, I have talked to a lot of people, and that could have helped. But that's something that I've been doing for a while. Well, um, but yeah, it's easy. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's why I, I push everybody, talk to a thousand distressed property yeah. owners as quickly as you can, because once you do that, you've got that skill forever. I mean, that never goes away. That stays with you forever. And it just compounds and compounds and it leads you to some really, really unbelievably rewarding relationships. So what did you do day one? You're like, I'm going to do wholesaling. Real. I'm going to wholesale real estate. What Walk us through those first 90 days. Okay. So I was looking, this is something with my schedule. It's all over the place. I was looking for something outside of work to work on myself. Started reading, looking at different avenues. How I started investing a little bit with stocks, but I was like, there has to be something that you know I can do more hands-on, create myself, you know, with some of the time that I have. And started going on YouTube, talked to a couple guys, you know, old friends I had from Pittsburgh. One was a was a real estate agent. I knew that he was doing some fix and flips and investing on the side. Turns out he actually did a little bit of wholesaling. He just gave me the basics, told me to listen to Max Maxwell, brought you guys up. So I started, as everybody says on this podcast, go to YouTube University. So I started digging. First thing I did was create an LLC. I went through LegalZoom. So I, I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. But that, that's one thing. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just, just going to do it. So after that, I would say I started after watching you know YouTube videos and podcasts. And I started listening to Wholesaling Inc. And that's kind of what I stuck with, obviously. And then I started, I went to yellowletters.com created a mailer. I started with direct mail. And this was in, I think, like February of this year. Yep. Just started blasting out mail. I had no idea what I was doing. First couple, I was driving for dollars. That's what you know my buddy told me. Um, after that, I bought a couple lists on ListSource. I was paying full price, but I just was going for it. And the good thing is, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was talking, again, I was talking to people. And even after the first 20, 30 calls, I, I sounded more confident. And I had some appointments set up. I actually did some, try to do some wholesaling back in Pittsburgh. So with the, the guy that originally introduced me, I answered the calls and he would go on some appointments. The leads didn't turn out to be anything, but you know, I was just trying to make something work and see which area was better, Pittsburgh or New Jersey. But in New Jersey, I could go to a couple of the seller's house. I met them in person. We walked around. At first, I tried to play it up like I was a little more experienced, but then I was just like, you know what? A couple of the people were really nice. So I explained, Hey, I'm new at this. You know, this is what I do. And then, you know, it's like the doors open. Everyone's like, okay. And then that's something that you only learn from experience. And when you go and do it, be yourself. And it's hard at first because everybody wants to be at the top and be the most experienced. So you get out there, you know, you just got to be yourself and everything will come along. So that went on for a couple months. And I just felt like I had no direction like everybody. And even, you know, I started attending some re events out here, but everybody was telling me different things. And uh, I listened to Wholesaling Inc. podcast the most. And it's, it was straight to the point. Simple. So I decided to join um, Wholesaling Inc. I joined the regular program. I was doing direct mail for a while and I was getting a ton of calls. I was. And I actually did a, one small assignment fee for about $3,000 out here. Okay. Um, about way more, but I didn't really have that many cash buyers. Met a guy at the sheriff's sale and just assigned it over to him. But you know what? I did it. It was a small deal. It proved that it worked. It didn't satisfy me. You know, I was like, I could, no, I need to do this the right way. I didn't follow everything to the T. I didn't build my list up enough, but you know, I was still moving forward. And then I was just started treading and not getting forward, you know, not moving really. So I was like, okay, what can I do to be more proactive? Because I'm getting calls while I'm in the operating room. It just wasn't clicking. And that's when I decided to come over to you and cold call. And you know, I, I cold call on the phone, doctors' offices. I I approached doctors in the OR in the hospital, cold. 
So I'm like, obviously I can do this. I know what I'm, you know, I, I kind of have a background in this. I can control when I'm making the calls, when people, you know, not so many people are calling me now, which is huge. And then this is where we are. So, you know, it was a couple months of finding myself, but the biggest thing I did was take action and talk to people. I know it sounds simple and you say it on all the videos, all the podcasts, but it (laughs) is that simple. You just got to do something. That's it. That's incredible. Well, it's really interesting, you know, because, you know, in the TTP family, there's a lot of people that have these congested schedules. You know what I mean? They've got a lot of responsibilities, whether it be the military, whether it be firefighter, or police officer, whether it be sales, whether it be teaching, whether it be these full-time jobs, uh, drivers, truck drivers, all these. We, we have a mix of all these incredible professions, and they just can't drop everything that second to take incoming calls. Not only that, but they're just naturally like you, Lenny, they're naturally build to like take action like let me loose let me try to go out there and hunt i want to hunt i'm not a uh, a gatherer i want to i want to go after it i want to be proactive i want to be on offense i mean you get off of being in surgery at early in the morning you get into the afternoon and then you start making calls i mean this is incredible isn't it just exhausting aren't you just overwhelmed isn't your life just totally like your social life just totally wrecked oh no 100 percent. i feel like that at times but it comes back to, I want a different life at the end of the day, you know, so my why is there. And that's a big thing too. It can't just be money. Like I said, I'm a proactive person. I want to control my schedule, what I'm doing, when I'm doing and where, you know, I, I need that. And this is an avenue. I have a passion for real estate. Wholesaling is a great avenue. It's, it's obviously it's gotten me into real estate and where you can go with it. There's a million directions. Obviously, like I said, the money's there, but the networking, it has everything that I want. And so, you know, if your why is like that, then yeah, at times, I mean, the days are long and you do have to sacrifice some social time, but it's, it's the gratification at the end. It's not instant, you know, and you, you got to keep that. It's going to be long term. So once you get into that zone and you can have a little bit of success, I just listened to the audio book on the dip, yep. you know, once you can get through that dip and I don't even consider myself out of that yet, just a little bit of success at the end. I mean, it keeps you going especially if you want it and you have, you know, that lot that's big enough. Awesome. Incredible. Let's break down a deal. Let's get this thing right. going, man. So go ahead. Tell me about uh, the so, deal. Break yeah, it down. Set, so, set the foundation yep. here. All right. So it was a driving for dollar deal. So it was a vacant property. You could tell that it was vacant. Trees overgrown, no cars in the driveway. So it had a pool in the back. There's trees growing out of it. So it was a quite obviously a cold call. So I, you know, looked up the address. I actually have an app called Land Glide. Have you ever heard of yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it had all the owner's information on that. And so I just looked it up honestly on white pages, gave the owner a call. And this was back in actually before I joined TTP a couple months, but it was the follow up. I mean, a lot of things that, you know, since I joined, I implemented into that, sure. but I kept it in my CRM system, which is huge. And another thing that's always repeated because I listen to every podcast for Full Selling Inc. is it's the money's in the follow-up. Mm-hmm. And this was a case of it. I, there was so many times where I almost put it, you know, I almost deleted it. But uh, this started in about July, June, July, okay? I would call about every two, three weeks, and we'd have great conversations. And this relates back to what I do in medical sales. I wouldn't say I'm the best salesman. I don't like being called a salesman. But being building rapport and the relationship factor 
And that's how I have did well in medical device sales because people don't want to buy necessarily the product. They want to buy it from you. Yep. Yep. So I made sure that I built that relationship with this homeowner. Turns out her husband died back in the early 2000s. She lived in Fort Lee, which was like 20 minutes away. And she was paying taxes all up to date, you know, with everything, but just didn't, nobody gave her the time of day or nobody reached out to her enough to guide her. She just needed some guidance. And honestly, the first couple of times, I mean, I followed up with her for the first two and a half months and I really didn't know where to go with it. She was kind of, she liked to talk, but it just wouldn't go anywhere. And I caught myself just spinning the wheel. And then I joined CTP and I listened to a couple other podcasts and and the more, and I talked to her one other time and I got this idea. I'm like, okay. She just needs a guidance. She needs a timeline. I forget what podcast it was, but somebody talked about a timeline. And I used that to structure this. So I called her one more time. And then I was like, okay, how about this? And the biggest thing was she didn't want, she was embarrassed with the house. She didn't want anybody in the property. I don't think anybody outside of family has been in there since she left. So I said, how about this? In two weeks, I said, this is, I have to, you know, see the inside of the house. If someone's going to buy this, we have to go in and just see what the condition is. That way I can give you a fair offer. So in two weeks, she said, okay. So I got her to confirm in two weeks, we'd go into the house. So in two weeks, I confirmed that she was going to be there. We showed up and she let me in the house and walked around. That's when I knew, you know, I leveled up and that this was going to go somewhere. It was a lot of tough phone calls and I talked to a lot of people, but it was very tough to kind of feel her out. I would always reverse back to why do you want to sell? You know, you, you told me this and make sure she really wanted to sell the property. And she did. She was paying, like I said, all the taxes. It was sitting there, it was losing value by the day. She didn't want to deal with the realtor fee. I asked her. You know, I tried to get myself out of the deal. I tried every option to make sure that I was the one in, in this. She wanted to go with me. So I tried to get myself out of the deal, honestly. After we went into the house and I saw it, I knew that we built something here. So right there, I had the contract. We started talking offer numbers. And I started, and this is another thing with me being a couple months in that I wasn't good at at first, but I started really low. So I had the ARV of the property around 550 and that was kind of conservative. I think my first offer was 275. Yeah. She said, no, I can't do that. She was near like 400. Yep. So we went back and forth and we left and I had her at 315 to 330 range, but we didn't get anything signed there. But the conversation was going well. I didn't want to be pushy. You know, I knew her well at this point. She trusted me. I got her to say a couple of times. She even told me, I only want to deal with you. I explained my background. I'm younger, you know, ambitious. I will do a go above and beyond. I will help you move your stuff. Oh, and, and while we were there, somebody drove by in a pickup truck and said, hey, you still selling your house? And like threw out an offer, but like drove away. So you could tell the type of people she was dealing with. Yep. I will do things differently. Anything that you need. I'll make sure it gets done. So that's one thing that she wanted. She had that comfort. What did she say to not sign the contract? Was there something there that she was like, well, yeah. I need to review it. I need to think about it. Like, what was the objection? So she bought the house for 320000 like about 20 years ago. And she felt like, oh my, after all this time, she already felt like this was one of the biggest mistakes she made in her life. And I understood that too, and how deep she felt about this. and. She's like, I'm really not even going to make any money on this after all these years. And it's in a nice neighborhood, nice area. So she had to think about it. But she knew that the condition of it, she was even a little surprised when we went in there. I mean, it had water damage. 
nobody's been in there in like 15 years. You can imagine what it was like. But I explained everything. And I even explained what we would do to the home, what needed to be done, and kind of the price to give her. Like, I wasn't just pulling this price out of thin air. And this comes from see going and going on appointments and seeing houses and, and knowing a little bit, I don't know in detail, but what repairs cost. So I could explain myself a little bit. So I gave her, you know, how about, you know, 24 hours. So I called her back the next day and we got to talking and she wanted it at like 370. I was at 330. We agreed upon 350. Okay. Meeting the so middle. I knew I added. Yeah, exactly. So we got it under contract at 350. But with the ARV being 550000 you know, it needed a lot of work. It was a full gut job. So I was kind of nervous. I knew we had a deal here. It just had to been the right, be the right buyer. Once we got under contract, and then this were going to local RIA meetings, sheriff office, and this is where this all really came into play. Because I had a couple buyers off my list interested, but they honestly thought the number was tight for just their, a regular rehab. So I reached out to Eddie and Kyle Lopez, the EKJ real estate up here in New Jersey, um, about my age. I'm 27 years old. I saw Eddie speak at one of the RIA events. And afterwards, I just introduced myself and he did some wholesales and he does fix and flips in the area. And his brother do it full time. They've been doing it for a couple of years now, but really cool kids. So I called him because I knew that he was actually from the town. And he obviously had some connections. So he made some calls as well. And he found a, a buyer who would take a different approach. So it turns out the value of this deal was in the lot. So it was a hundred by a hundred corner lot, which mm. is bigger than most in that neighborhood. Sure. So what this guy was going to do is come in and subdivide and build two homes on. So I'm like, now I know I got a deal here. Yeah. So he helped bring that relationship to the table. Turns out he had some family ties with him. So, you know, we met, agreed upon a price. So that price was 400000 mm-hmm. So now I have it locked up at three fifty. We got him locked in with an earnest money deposit of 10000 or 400 because, like, again, he's going to come in, subdivide, build two homes. So his back-end property is going to be way higher now. And he's got some room to work. So we got both of those locked in. Eddie also helped me out with giving me a referral to a real estate attorney up here. And uh, we shopped around for a good title company, but we chose to double close this deal and it kind of all came together. But this deal, you know, it sounds like it went all smooth, but it did not. It went the opposite. This deal, like I said, it should have never have happened from every little detail with it. I felt like there was like a hiccup, but I pushed through it. We believed that we had the right number and there was deals in the end. And when two or three of my buyers fell through, I reached out to people in the area. I knew that there was a buyer and there's always a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as your your price is reasonable and, and, and set low enough, there's a couple of times where I was like, okay, I'm getting there. You know, there's nothing here. We got I got to call her and cancel it. But I stuck with it. Yep. We made it through, and, and yeah, it was a force. So a fifteen thousand dollar assignment. I mean, a uh, double close. We double closed it. So after closing costs, we walked away with forty four thousand two hundred forty two dollars and ninety eight cents. Hold on. Yeah. Been waiting for that. That is incredible. And listen, it's because you you took that extra step. You went that extra mile to actually reach out. This is one of the most powerful things about your story is once you have a deal, 
You need to do everything possible. Talk to as many people as possible. Get in in front of them. Pick up the phone and call these people. Go yeah. to meetups and talk to them. Like, go get this in front of everybody. Don't just assume that if one person or five people say that it's not a deal for them, that it's not a deal. Keep pushing, 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 pushing. And you end up with, what was it, 44? 40, 40, a little over 44000 $44,000. Come on, man. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, but it, was, it. It, it turned out being, yeah, it turned out being a team effort. Sure. Obviously, we made that work out for Eddie and Kyle. But yeah, man, it it you know you see the end result, but until you go through it, you don't know what it's like. And yeah. uh, this isn't easy. I mean, if it was, everybody would do it. But it pays off. The people that can stick it out, and you know, I hope to do these deals every month now. But like again, it took somebody for this seller that was willing to stick with her. And that was like, that, that's the biggest takeaway I got to the deal that should never have happened because I followed up with her for months. You know, it took a couple months and there was times I called her. I'm like, why am I even calling her? Is she annoyed with me? But we'd have just a conversation. We wouldn't even talk about real estate or her house or anything. And, uh, you know, I, I found out a little about her life, her family. She would tell me what she was doing on the weekends. We turned out to be friends. She was getting hit up by other buyers. It was a business call. It yep. wasn't yep. somebody that cared. And she respected the fact that I was younger, willing to go out of my way for her. I showed that I cared. I built that trust. And it's a relationship business. And I think a lot of people that get into wholesaling or real estate, they, they become rigid. And it's all about the numbers or the fix and, or the house. And that's not my bread and butter with medical sales. I don't sell the product. I Like I said, I sell myself. And I think that is the key that some people miss with everything. So that's, that's like the biggest takeaway. 100%. The six to 10. Listen, if you're listening to this, or if you're watching this, if you want to watch it, go to the YouTube channel, Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube. But the six to 10% of the entire nation that is in some sort of distress on their property, those people, it is about the people not the property. Now, listen, the 94 or 90% of other people that want to sell at retail, it's about the property, okay? These people, these distressed property owners, it is about that person. It is about the relationship that you can build with them. They've got to want to sell. They've got to trust you uh, to get the job done, and they got to have a problem that you can solve. Those are the core elements of every distressed property sale since the beginning of time. So, I mean, Lenny, you hit it right on the head. I love it. I love it. Give some advice to everybody starting out. Give them a little bit of advice. A little bit of advice. Whatever you're doing, take action. Even if you have no clue, you feel so lost uncomfortable. I, like I said, I had no real estate background. My dad doesn't have apartment buildings, anything. I watched a couple YouTube videos and listened to some podcasts and bought a couple postcards, sent them out. People called me. I had no idea what to say. But guess what? After you do it 10, 20, 30 times, you pick stuff up. You listen to other people. Go attend your local RIA meeting. I think that's one of the most important things. Go attend. Go network in person. You can use technology, Facebook, even call people, but go in person because there's difference when you talk to people in, in person. Go, yeah. go attend sheriff uh, foreclosure sales. Go anything you can real estate related. Get yourself out there. You don't have to make a 180 degree turn and become this totally different person. Make a little step each day, and guess what? You'll turn into that person. So that's the biggest thing. Just take a little bit of action each day. If this is something that you really want and you have passion for, and and all the all the benefits that come with it. Just do a little bit each day and uh, you'll get some results. 
Awesome. How do people get in touch with you? People want to network with you. They want to talk to you. How do they get in touch with you? Honestly, the best way is probably my Instagram. I'm going through a couple um, business name changes with my LLC, so I don't want to give you the wrong email address, but it's Lenny, L-E-N-N-Y underscore Poliziani. I'll spell this one out, P-O-L-I-Z-I-A-N-I, and that's Instagram. Probably the best way, just shoot me a direct message, and uh, yeah, we can talk. Awesome. Incredible. Just a ton, a ton, a ton of hacks, a ton of ton of different golden nuggets, a, a ton of just value that you provide, provided just in that story alone. I really, yeah. Lenny, you're the man. Thank you for being on Thank the you, podcast. And you. everybody out there listening, if you are interested in joining the TTP family, the most proactive group in real estate investing, go to wholesalinginc.com. That's wholesalinginc.com. Scroll down, check it out and keep scrolling all the testimonials. Nobody has more. I'd love for you to join the TTP family and I'd work with you personally. And as always, guys, I encourage you guys all to go out there today and talk to people. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.